are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's topic is entitled Running. Hello my radio friends, I'm really glad you've joined me today for more from God's Word, the Bible. Have you ever heard about the Great Wall Marathon? This is a running race held in China on the Great Wall. Since its inception in 1999, the Great Wall Marathon has become known as one of the world's most challenging marathons. It's usually held in April or May each year, and the full-distance marathon requires competitors to tackle a whopping 5,164 steps. If you really feel fit and would like to visit China, you can go online and register. The Great Wall Marathon would be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. But that begs the question, why do people run? Sometimes they need to hurry. Some run to get a prize. Sometimes they run for fun or exercise. Sometimes they want to take as little time as possible to enjoy a good experience. And sometimes they're afraid and want to get away with no delay. As a youngster, I had a limp because I twisted my left heel by spinning around on the heel of my left foot. In foot races in primary school, I was usually second to last, narrowly beating my friend Fatty. But later, when the foot had healed, I could run properly and was amongst those who came first. And that was a good feeling. The Apostle Paul had quite a bit to say about running. For example, in 1 Corinthians 9:24 and 26, Paul speaks about the most famous of all races, the marathon. I'll read to you from the clear word paraphrase Bible. It says, you know that everyone who runs in the Olympics gives it everything he has. But only one person receives the laurel wreath, that's the prize. That's how you should run the gospel race, giving it everything you've got. In the gospel race, everyone who finishes wins. I don't run the gospel race aimlessly as I don't know where the finish line is, as if I don't know where the finish line is. The Apostle Paul is talking about having an aim in life and what should be done to achieve that aim. He's saying that you, like he, should live your life with the aim of glorifying God and of being saved, that is, to have eternal life. He's saying that we cannot afford to pussyfoot around. We need to set in ha place habits and patterns to go into training and give it all we've got. This idea is borne out in Revelation chapter 3 verse 16, where 
In his assessment of most people living in the latter days of Earth's history, God proclaims people's religious experience as insipid, neither hot nor cold. God expresses his disgust and says, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. A little later, in verse 9, God explains, Those I love I correct and discipline. So be earnest, repent and change your ways. Being a Christian calls for more than just drifting along, casually going to church sometimes and occasionally reading your Bible and maybe praying a hurried prayer now and again. No, being a Christian calls for determination, effort and discipline. Not that you should be like those people who harm themselves to show their piety. Instead, you need to set aside specific times for prayer, for Bible study and for sharing and in service to others. You need to be sincere and earnest and cultivate a close relationship with Jesus. With that, you will receive power to run that race of life that leads to eternal life. Now, probably Australia's most famous runner was Cliff Young. Born the eldest son and third of seven children of Mary and Albert Young on February the 8th, 1922, Albert Ernest Clifford Young grew up on a farm in Beach Forest in southwestern Victoria. The family farm was approximately 2,000 acres in size with approximately 2,000 sheep. Young was forced to round up the stock on foot when he was young as the family was very poor during the Depression and couldn't afford horses. In late 1982, at the age of 60, after training for months around the Otway Ranges, Young attempted to break Siegfried, that's Ziggy Bauer's then world record, for 1,000 miles, or 1,600 kilometres, of 11 days and 23 hours. The attempt took place in Colax Memorial Square, Young had to abandon the world record attempt just after halfway at 805 kilometres. Reflecting on the failed attempt, Young wrote that he and his support team were inexperienced and ill-prepared. In 1983, the 61-year-old vegetarian potato farmer won the inaugural Westfield Sydney to Melbourne Ultra Marathon, a distance of 875 kilometres. The race was run between what were then Australia's two largest Westfield shopping centres, Westfield Parramatta in Sydney and Westfield Doncaster in Melbourne. Young showed up to compete in overalls and work boots without his dentures. 
He later claimed that they rattled when he ran. He ran at a slow, loping pace and trailed the pack by a large margin at the end of the first day. While the other competitors stopped to sleep for six hours, however, Cliff Young kept running. He ran continuously for five days, taking the lead during the first night and eventually winning by ten hours. Before running the race, he told the press that he had previously run for two to three days straight, rounding up sheep in gum boots or rubber boots. He claimed afterwards that during the race, he imagined that he was running after sheep, trying to outrun a storm. The Westfield run took him five days, 15 hours and four minutes, almost two days faster than the previous record for any run between Sydney and Melbourne. Like any serious athlete, Cliff had to train for the event putting aside the easy life because he had a goal to win the prize. In his case, he gave his prize money to the other competitors and didn't keep anything for himself. In Hebrews 12.1 is this statement, Therefore, seeing we are surrounded with such great men and women of faith, let's rid ourselves of anything that hinders us from having the same kind of faith, especially the sin of not trusting God, that can so easily grip every one of us. Let's run the course marked out for us with the same determination as those who've run the Olympics. Cliff Young even got rid of his false teeth when he ran the ultramarathon. I wonder what are the things that might be hindering you in your life that prevent you from having a close relationship with the Lord? Maybe you have some habits that you're reluctant to give up. Maybe you have some addictions. Maybe you're chasing other goals, for example, to become wealthy or to spend your time in leisure. Maybe there are family or relationship ties that hold you back. Perhaps you enjoy complacency. Even worse, you may know someone who claims to be a Christian who has disappointed you. My dear friends, whatever holds you back, if it prevents you from making a full commitment to Jesus, Ask the Lord to remove those things from you. Lukewarm Christians, as explained in Revelation 3.16, are not acceptable to God. He will metaphorically vomit such people from his mouth. Now, there are two more aspects of running I want to share with you today. The first is about running away. When Jesus was arrested by the Jews in the garden, 
he did not resist arrest. In fact, Peter, who must have had a short sword with him, made a swipe at the high priest's servant and sliced his ear off. Even in those circumstances, Jesus healed the man's ear. You would have thought that was sufficient evidence for them to recognize who Jesus was. Jesus challenged his arresters by saying to them that they had no need to do all this secretly at night, as they had plenty of daytime opportunities before this. Well, at that point, the disciples ran away. They ran away from Jesus. Now this opens up some scenarios of where people run away when it involves commitment and belief. I'd like to suggest that there are three categories why people run away. They are, they run away from the Lord. Two, they run away from truth. And three, they run away from commitment. We're going to stop here and go on straight afterwards. Living below and the soul sinful world. Striving along to face temptation, so now won't you tell me where could I go but to the Wait. 
singer of that song asked the question where could I go but to the Lord but of course many people want to run away from the Lord they want to run away from truth and they want to run away from commitment now Australia as you probably realize is a secular country although many people believe in God most do not make any allowance for God in their lives It is as if they don't want to get involved with God because they think he will spoil or upset their lives. How wrong they are. To have God in your life enriches you and makes you a much more complete person. You'll be a better citizen and will contribute to society in a meaningful way. Just think of the volunteers and charitable and service organisations that have been established because of Christian ideals. Think of the thousands of clinics and hospitals that have been set up by Christians to help the less fortunate. Mind you, there are non-Christian people who do good works too. But interestingly... They are motivated by respect and love, which are foundations of Christianity. Remove all those organisations from the world, and humanity in general would be much worse off. It's my strong opinion that there have been some deliberate attempts to remove God from the minds of the people through the teaching of evolution and through hedonistic, materialistic focuses in society. Now, what about running away from the truth? In John chapter 17, verse 17, is recorded Jesus' prayer. He said, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. It appears that many people are satisfied with ignorance and in some cases lies. The Word of God, the Bible, is freely available in this country. There are plenty of people who have a Bible but don't take the time to read it. In there, they are exposed to truth. Still others have a Bible but allow other people to interpret it without taking the trouble to check for themselves. What is even more concerning is that there are ministers, priests and teachers who know what is truth but fail to teach or practice it. Theirs is a big responsibility 
and such people who should teach truth but not error or ignore it have much to answer for. Then there's the issue about running away from commitment. It's one thing to have information, but it's another thing to do something about it, that is, to commit oneself. My dear friends, it's time for you to stop running away. It's time for you to know the Lord, to know his word, and to commit yourself. For others of you, it's time to stop sitting on the fence, undecided. Make the decision now. Commit yourself to the Lord, and then you will have peace and joy that you will not have experienced before. The last aspect of running for today is about running to or running towards. I've seen some movie footage about scenes in occupied Europe when it was announced that the Second World War had ended. People ran out onto the streets and danced and shouted for joy. They hugged and kissed each other and were filled with energy. The struggle, the nightmare of war, was over. Now they could live in freedom and peace. The oppressor was overcome, and that was good news. <clears throat> Probably, if we were involved in the war, we too would be relieved that it had ended. When good news is to be had, we hurry to know about it. But you know, there is good news. In Romans 10.15 is this commendation. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Despite what happens in this troubled world, there is the good news of the gospel, that God has been proactive in providing a solution for all our anxieties and mistakes. You mightn't realise it, but we live in a war zone. The whole world is involved in a cosmic conflict between good and evil, between Christ and Satan. But the good news is that Satan, the oppressor, has been defeated. At the cross when Jesus died, Satan knew he had lost the battle. When Jesus rose from the dead, Satan recognised that he was a defeated foe and he knew that his destiny would eventually be total annihilation. But there's more good news. The troubles of this old, sick and dying world are almost over. Jesus is soon coming again to receive unto himself those who have committed themselves to him and who've been faithful to him. He will take them to heaven with him where they can behold his glory. 
then there will be peace, real peace. Isaiah 11 verse 6 describes that peace. It says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Further to that, Revelation 21 verses 4 and 5 gives us a word picture of what that existence will be like. It says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things are passed away. Then he who sat on the throne, that's God, said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, that's the prophet John, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Yes, we can run. We can run away from God, or we can run to him. My prayer for you, my friends, is that you run to him. Make it your business to make Jesus your very best friend. And if you do, the rewards are fantastic. Well, that's it for today. And until next time, I wish you a good race, a race to Jesus.
There's no 